Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Welcome back, everybody, to The Daily Sales Show, where we bring you daily sales advice to help you sell better. I'm your host, Adrian Saya, and today we are going to be speaking on how to prospect like a pro. Now, prospecting is the most pivotal part of the sales process. Without being able to prospect correctly, you're going to have a dead pipeline and no one wants that. So we're going to make sure that you are set up for success here and give you all the tools and a lot of examples today, a lot of examples on ways to structure your messaging and actually flow and look for those right prospects in the correct areas. So let's uh, start getting into it. I love to know where you guys are tuning in from. Let me know in the chat, drop it in there. I love to see some of these We're usually worldwide. Now, be sure to switch your chat to everyone. So click that blue button and switch it over to everyone. It helps us actually see what you post. So I'm seeing Brian here. He's from Minnesota. Welcome, Brian. I see Lucas from Wisconsin. Welcome, Lucas. It's great to have you here. And Jenna from Chicago. Welcome, guys. It's great to have you all here. And thank you for tuning in. Wow, we even got Germany and Dublin in the building. Great to see, man. I'm telling you, usually worldwide. <laughs> now, who are today's speakers? We got Kyle Adams. He's an account executive over at Vanta. And we got Junior Latte. He is a senior account executive over at Pickle. Now, Junior, what do you think reps can do to start prospecting much better? Yes. Okay. There's two things I think everyone should think about. One is growing your connections, like max out your LinkedIn connections every week, and then think about champion building, right? This will be like one of the strongest things that you can do. Because if you're doing both of those things, you've likely already connected with your buyer. It'll make prospecting like two months from now way easier. Nice. Nice. I think that's a great point there. You mentioned you want to maximize your LinkedIn connections. And why is that? I think that that is very uh, interesting. Why do you think that's so necessary? Yeah. I want to build a lot of credibility with my buyer. I sell to salespeople. So I'm connecting with salespeople all the time. And then I post a ton of sales content. So then they interact with it. And then when it comes time for them looking for something like Pickle, it's a very natural conversation, makes it super easy. You know, it's not even an introduction. It's like we already know each other. Fantastic. That is a great strategy. Now, before we get e any further, we have a lot of upcoming shows and I would love for you guys to check them out. Be sure to scan this QR code here or check us out at sellbetter.xyz. We do this show daily, guys. Yes, daily. So be sure to check them out. You won't want to miss it. We have hundreds of resources and they're all from the top sellers in the game right now. So be sure to scan this QR code and check it out. Also, we got a little treat for you guys. In June, we are doing a special social branding cohort. So we're going to take your personal branding to the next level. You just heard from Junior how important it is, LinkedIn and connecting with people. Well, we're going to show you how to create content and take your social branding to the next level. So we're going to go ahead and drop the link in the chat. Be sure to sign up and you can be one of the lucky 20 members to join this cohort. It is free for, for this upcoming June, guys. So be sure to sign up. Who knows? You might be one of the lucky 20. Now, we wouldn't be able to do this without our partners. So special shout out to Vidyard and Zoom Info. Thank you so much. 
If you guys haven't seen these tools, they are phenomenal for taking your prospecting and sales game to the next level. Now, the drop of the day, of course, we have four key strategies for running successful demos by Vidyard. This is gonna be a ready-to-use blueprint for delivering captivating demos. So be sure to check it out. It's also free 99. So <laughs> go ahead and click that link. Now, what are we gonna be covering? But before I get into that, I wanna know who is in the room. Engage with this question. It helps us tailor the conversation significantly. I'm going to be asking questions based on who is in the room. We have SDRs, AEs, maybe some frontline managers. This is great to know. So we're going to be covering techniques to differentiate, differentiate yourself while prospecting, how to strategically structure your prospecting, and how to assess and fine-tune that messaging. We're really going to focus on this, guys, because we have a lot of examples on fine-tuning those messaging. Now, I'm seeing there is a lot of SDRs in the room, about 49%. And about 12% of frontline managers and 33% AEs. Kyle, does this surprise you at all? It does not surprise me at all. I imagine probably half the people would be SDRs. Junior's laughing at me. Junior, don't laugh at me. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Great to see you guys. Welcome and let's get into it. Now, when you start your prospecting, you want to make sure that you can actually go to the right places. And you want to have a lot of information at your disposal. Kyle, I know you have a great example here for us about gathering information from G2. Why is this such an important place to look for it? Yeah, so I, Vanta has a lot of competitors, right, that have uh, thousands of customers. So if that's the case and that's really your market, G2 and sites like that probably have a lot of low-hanging fruit. So the example right here was actually a deal that I lost about a year ago. I saw this review on G2. I hit this person back up. I referenced it and said, hey, looks like your experience necessarily isn't the best. Reference what they dislike here. And then I got a meeting again. They said, yeah, I'm happy to have a conversation, potentially migrate back over to Vanta. So when I look at like review sites like G2, it's an awesome opportunity for you to go on there you know what they like, you know what they dislike, reference that in your messaging. This is some low-hanging fruit that you can use and really set a lot of meetings from it. And this person hopefully will come back on to Vanta Preset. I love that. Now, I'm seeing that there's 49% SDRs in the room, like we mentioned in prior. What could an SDR do to look for a company on G2? Is it as simple as just looking up their their company that they're prospecting, just looking through the reviews? Or what does that process look like um, to yeah. you? Yeah, it's super, super simple, right? So if you know who your main competitors are, like, you know, Vanta probably has five or six main competitors. I can go on G2, I can search those competitors and I can see all the reviews against them. I can filter it by five, four, three, two, one star. And then I can see who that reviewer is. A lot of times they put their company. You can even see their LinkedIn information. So it is as simple as like going on G2.com and then searching for your competitors and finding that low hanging fruit from G2. That's so great. Now, I want to hear from everyone in our audience. Where do you guys go to find information on your prospects? Just throw it in the chat. Do you use LinkedIn? Use G2? Are you guys using like W, um, what is it called? Those tax informations about the company, the website. What are you using? I would love to see some of these. So already the chat is blowing up. I'm seeing Apollo is being used. Great tool. LinkedIn. Uh, we saw Zoom Info in here. These are great areas as well. 
Oh, we got, so Brian here in the chat does use G2. So shout out, Brian. Great tool, man. Be sure to use these. These are just a bunch of tools that are ready for your disposal. Now, Kyle, you also mentioned that you go to a particular place that's a little unorthodox. Uh, could you tell me about this with Reddit? Yeah, so I, I've been known to do some unorthodox prospecting and, and really take it to the next level. So like one site that I go on is Reddit. If I just search for Vanta, I can quickly see a bunch of different threads. I'll go into them. I'll put my LinkedIn information and say, hey, if you're looking for a demo, hit me up. Over the last six months, I've probably had over 20 people message me on LinkedIn. And I've brought on over five new customers to Vanta from Reddit alone. So like, like I said, if you're in a market where there's thousands of customers that use your competitors or potentially use your product, I can guarantee you if you go on Reddit, it, there's a lot of opportunity. So a little unorthodox, but it definitely has worked for me. And I still like to this day, like I haven't commented in like probably two months, I still get messages saying, hey, saw your comment on Reddit. Can we set up a demo? And I'm like, absolutely. That is genius. And Reddit has millions of users, right, that are consistently active and on these threads. That's such a great idea. Just look up your tool on Reddit and see how you can provide value to anyone in those threads uh, and then bring them inbound, you know, and just get them as a prospect. Now, Junior, have you ever utilized one of these unorthodox areas to, to find prospects? Uh, Kyle's making me look bad. We've had some inbound come and they say like, via reddit you know and i'm like i i don't know where i've kind of searched <laughs> around but i'm definitely not as good on the on the reddit scene as kyle but what i imagine too what would be really nice is as you're doing this you're using this messaging for this specific person but it may also apply just generally right like if they're having this major problem with your competitor chances are it's not just one company having that problem. So it's messaging that you can take, you know, across the board and start to to flirt with for other people. Okay. Now this is great to see. And I actually want to hear from our audience, where do you guys go to find leads? I did ask you to engage in the chat with it, but this is more of a poll. So I want to know, is it LinkedIn? Are you using company lists? This was always an interesting one. The back of my recruiting days, they would just give me a list of 300 people and just be like, all right, well, we got these from somewhere. Just call them up. Uh, are you using Reddit <laughs> or maybe somewhere else? I would love to hear from you all. Um, have you ever gotten a bulk list like that, Junior? Has that ever been given to you? Like, hey, here is a group of 300 people. Not a lot of specifications on where they're from, but you got contact information. Yeah. my The first place I worked, it was like very strict territories and accounts. So I was given an account list of 300 and it was very much like you live within this list. Um, and then you just use, yeah, like the seamlesses, the Zoom infos and everything to pull the data. Um, but now I'm much more free flowing because I got to find leads, you know, pretty much anywhere. I'm, I'm a solo seller here at Pickle. So anyone I talk to, I can potentially sell, which is kind of nice. That's fantastic. Now I'm seeing here Jay in the chat is saying I use IG and TikTok uh, for getting uh, leads, which sounds super interesting. Kyle, would this be a new area for you to explore? I'm I'm down for anything. You know what? <laughs> if, if it works, I will absolutely use it. So I might try TikTok. I might look up SOC two compliance later later on TikTok and see what I can. Yeah. I won't make them though. I won't make them. <laughs> 
Well, I think making them might take you a little bit further, but if you look it up, who knows? There might be some people on there that are posting about sock on there. So, Junior, you mentioned a little something earlier and you talked about messaging, right? You use these unorthodox places to then develop your messaging. And you had a great example here for us about messaging. So, can you break this down? What were you doing when it came to this? Uh, Let me kind of pull it up here. There it is. What is it that you're seeing here? What, What are we looking at? Okay. So, all of us are getting some level of response. It's really hard to turn like a not interested, I hate you into a positive interaction. But a lot of times responses are just neutral. Being able to turn a neutral response into a positive interaction, ideally a meeting, is really big. So here's a response that I got to a demo where they said, you guys are just on Zoom, right? No Google Meets. And then what's the pricing? So in my mind, I'm like, okay, you know, asking about Zoom, Google Meets, it's not an objection, but maybe could be read as like a little stiff. And then she asked about pricing. So I'm like, okay, she's curious. Let's, you know, try to play with this response a little bit and see what we can generate. Okay. I I like that. Um, You're kind of breaking it out. You don't want to be too stiff, right? And I like how you mentioned that it could be read as as being stiff. So uh, this... So based on what you read, is that how you understand what direction you want to take the the flow of the conversation? Yeah. And the, and the biggest call out here, right, is what's pricing like? To me, I'm like, at some point, I must have sparked some type of curiosity. Like there's something going on where it's not just a no, right? So now I know I can, I have a little bit of flexibility. Um, if you jump to the next slide, I can talk through how to like go through that kind of thing. Definitely. Okay. So of course, I'm going to appreciate the response, the openness. It's like today, I'm just going to address the first concern, which was Zoom, not Google Meet. So today it's just Zoom. We have Meets. You'd hate me if I sold it to you, right? That's just the reality. And it's bad selling if I were to try and sell them. And then all these ladybugs, right? These are like the the platform's buggy when we do Google Meets. It explains everything without me really explaining a ton of things. And then I said, while pricing via email among you know top sales sins, I'll roll the dice. This is a, I'm selling to another salesperson, so they get it, right? They know you don't negotiate price via email. Maybe if I was Kyle, I would say like sending. He's in cybersecurity, so I would say like sending price via email feels like giving you my social security, but I'll take a <laughs> chance. Don't steal my identity, kind of thing. Um, and then I just give them the direct price. And then my call out is like, hey, now you know, do you think it's worth a peak? It's a very soft way of asking like if the price is right. Love this. And well, my biggest thing is you're not taking yourself too seriously, right? And I, I think that. I come across, that comes across very well and it's well taken by prospects. Now, I want to hear from my audience. Do you guys use humor in your emails? We talked about that importance of being very carefree, right? Very casual. And humor comes in a big part in this, right? It plays a giant role. It allows you to just seem more human. So I would love to hear from you all. Are you guys more on the rigid side, which, hey, totally fine. It works. Or are you trying to use humor, lighten up the conversation a little bit? Would love to hear from you all. Now, you mentioned these ladybugs. Uh, how would you know that this this would work <laughs> in the email? Yeah. Um, essentially because she asked what the price was, I decided I'm just going to take the humor route, right? Um, 
just generate, start a conversation. I feel like humor is, or it's a way to disarm people. Mm. And so I, you know, more or less, I know salespeople have pretty good personalities. I myself, right? Big personality. Um, so I, I just went for it here. If you're, you just got to keep in mind, like who you sell to, right? Like I mentioned, if I were to sell like what Kyle sells, different approach, but similar messaging, you know, because it, it's the messaging that can really turn that uh, neutral into a positive. All right. Now, I see everyone has add, I, I do use humor. It, it might be cybersecurity and some of those people have a lot of humor, but I, I've been known to say compliance that doesn't sock too much, a lot on myself. <laughs> if, if you go in Gong and actually look up that phrase, my, my name comes up a lot. So I, I use some humor here and there. <laughs> this is great. And do you find, Kyle, that because you're in a more, um, I would, I'm looking for the right word, but a more strict type of industry, right? Cybersecurity, people are worried about very serious things. It's a serious matter. Do you yeah. feel like your messaging has to come across as more serious? Yeah, it, it really depends. Who who am I trying to engage? If I'm going directly to a CEO and, and trying to have a conversation around compliance, I, I might not start with the humor unless the person like on the call, I can, I can fill it out. For initial sequencing, I don't use the compliance that doesn't sock too much that much. I, I I did try it for a little bit and the testing didn't do very well there. So I actually cut that phrase. But um, yeah, it just depends on who I'm engaging. On the sales call though, like once I get them live, I just feel the person out in the first few minutes. You know, if we're vibing there, you know, we can, we can use the compliance that doesn't sock too much line a little bit. <laughs> All right. That's great. Now I'm seeing here that about 58% of our audience uses humor sometimes. So it's very important to utilize 16% does it all the time. 8% said never. And then 18% were actually wondering, how do I incorporate humor? Right? So I think if, if you guys are looking for the answer for this, it's really just trying to be more casual, more carefree in your messaging. Right? Um, and and that, that way you can actually get more creative with the humor and just start incorporating it more freely into your messaging. So let's continue with this example here. Now, Junior, you continued this on. Uh, where did it go? Yes. Okay. So this is her response to my email. I know I hate to do that but to you by asking. We're just a seed stage. Super duper careful about spend right now. Super duper to me, that's like, okay, we're on good terms. You don't really, it's not professional. Right. So I know that we're past that pain. She also acknowledged the fact that she gets the sales game. And then she said, I'm not opposed to a demo. We're still in the midst of switching to Zoom. Mind hitting me up in two weeks. Um, obviously, there's still some interest here. So I know that I can go for more. The super duper is an indication that we're on good terms. Like, you know, you wouldn't just like say super duper in a professional email unless you felt more connection. So, I think uh, the conversation seems pretty good here, right? All right. And then where did you end up closing it, which I think builds around here? Yeah. So C stage is a fun time, right? Nothing like almost drowning every day. That's, <laughs> I'm, I'm at a C stage company, so I know it builds empathy, builds some familiarity. I would say something along those lines every time. Mind if I drop you an invite for two weeks? positive interaction. Let's just book the time now and then we can worry about the meeting as it gets closer and then, you know, let's do it. And you get that right about the siege today stuff. So it's just about building, you know, like being human at the end of the day, like 
this person has a family, this person goes to the movies, they have a personality. It's tapping into just the human aspect of selling. Fantastic. And when it comes to this messaging, right? And how were you able to even grasp their attention in the first place? Did you use a templated email or did you personalize? Uh, I should have included it. It was a pretty basic email. Um, it played on the fact that they were a seed stage company trying to grow, right? And that's nice. something that like you can personalize and scale because there's obviously a lot of seed stage companies trying to grow. And then you just pull a few you know, things from LinkedIn or what the company does, things like that. But what's really important here, right, is I say, P.S., now I have two weeks to like get connected and stay relevant. So it's not like the game's not over. By the time this meeting happens, I want to have engaged with this person multiple times on LinkedIn and be able to be like, hey, now that we've been connected, I noticed a few additional things and the conversation can be super strong from there. Fantastic. Now, this is a great example of the way you can message your prospect, be carefree and actually go for that close. And as you can see, it worked really well. Now, speaking of messaging, Kyle, you brought up something in the pre-call that I thought was super important. And that's the way that you bucket your prospects, right? Um, you mentioned that you do kind of like an A, B and C model. Can you break this down for me? What is it exactly? Yeah, sure. So at Vanta, we we have a couple of thousand accounts to our name. So I I really break it down by like which ones are my my tier A accounts, which ones are B tier, which ones are C tier. For the A tier accounts, I'm gonna spend more time doing research. And, and the way I break down the A accounts is like, you know, how many employees do they reference compliance on their website? You know, revenue. I'll bucket the best accounts in in, in A, and then from there. I'll make sure that, you know, when I go through them, that I'm being personalized with my messaging. And then when I get to like my B and C tier accounts, I'll write a good sequence, but I'm not necessarily going to spend a lot of time with personalization because I just don't have the bandwidth, right? Like I'm running customer calls all day long, taking five plus sometimes, and then I'm having to prospect as well. I just don't have the time to really like go into them and personalize it as much. So A accounts, like I am going to spend the time. B and C tier accounts, I'm not necessarily going to spend as much time in those. I see. And well, how do you do this with structuring your day? Do you go for that A account in the morning and make that like the majority of your day? Or are you really prioritizing B and C since you're probably going to have more accounts in there, even though they're not as higher quality? Yeah, I I'm going to be honest, like prospecting is not my favorite thing to do, but I know that it ultimately leads to success. So I typically block like the early time in my day because I know that if I don't block it, I have a tendency to look at like my meetings and say, oh, I could prep more for this meeting. I don't need to prospect today. So I do it early in the morning. I attack the thing I hate the most really. Um, and I really go after the A accounts and spend majority of my time on them. And then I'll sequence out the B and C accounts for the other few minutes. But I've walked typically an hour to two hours a day in the morning, tackle the first thing that I don't like the most first, um, and then worry about the meetings and all of that after that. Okay. And Junior, how do you like to structure your day when it comes to prospecting? Uh, do you also do a bucketed approach or tiering? Yeah. In my mind, it's like this mindset thing. Okay. So I want to go for what's the fastest way to revenue? So it's my opportunities, what's in the pipeline. It's my upcoming meetings like that day. And then the top accounts that I want to focus. 
So I work around those three things, right? Is opportunities, um, upcoming meetings, then accounts. It makes it really easy to know like what I'm going to do that day on top of the, I'm prospecting 20 people every day, no matter what, that's just going to happen. Okay. And I saw Brian here in the chat had a great point. He was asking, how do you keep a prospect engaged if you have a demo that's two to three weeks out? So I see you even have prioritization as upcoming meetings. How do you keep those people engaged? Yeah. I always, I'll drop them a connect on LinkedIn. I'll drop them either a voice note or a message, depending on what seems to be their style. And then I'm connecting with other people at the org. Um, and I'm just looking for like relevant things that I can contribute to. I know a lot of salespeople. I know some salespeople that are looking for jobs. So if this org is hiring, I'll hit them up and be like, Hey, I actually know a couple of recommendations. If you're looking to hire an SDR, you know, like in the next two weeks, something along those lines. Like if I can offer them something before we meet that has like nothing to do with pickle, what we're trying to sell them. I think like that's a good place to be. This is great. Um, Kyle, do you do something similar when it comes to prioritizing for revenue? Yeah, I, um, I definitely prioritize my day around revenue. Like I, I really think like to be a good seller, you need to really take a step back and look at what's producing the most revenue and double down on those activities that are going to drive that, right? Like if I have activities I know that aren't going to drive revenue, I spend less time on it. I think people have a tendency maybe to spend too much time like updating Salesforce, right? Like I've, sometimes I'm a little late on it, but like at the end of the day, it's because I'm focusing on things that are actually going to drive revenue. And, and I'm sorry, my leadership, I will update Salesforce. <laughs> I'm going to send this to him. You're roasted. <laughs> You're roasted. It's not Adrian. You better not. Um, <laughs> but seriously, like I just double down on the things that like matter the most. And another thing, like, if you're a couple weeks before, I know someone asked this, I, I call the prospect and say, Hey, you know, I know we're speaking again in 20 minutes. I'd love to just make sure that I am using your time, you know, wisely. If we've had conversations, I'll reference back and then I'll say, Hey, this is my goal. And this is my agenda for this upcoming call. Does that align with what you want to do? And you know what, if there's multiple people on that call, I'll call all of them and say, Hey, you know, I reached out to your colleague. He told me this is most important. I want to just give you a call real quick, better understand, like, and make sure that I'm showing what matters most. And we're having a conversation about what matters most. This is what separates me versus like the competitors. I know they're not doing this. And I've had people say, Hey, Kyle, like we appreciate the work that you did in this sell cycle. And it was the little things like, you know, checking in with everyone on our team that really pushed us to Vanta versus someone else. So you know what, if you have a meeting a couple of weeks out, I, I think people have lost the art of calling people before the meetings and emails. Great. Sure. Send an email, whatever, but I would rather get someone live on the phone because I can accomplish 10 X what I can accomplish over email. That's the way I view it. Love that. And that is very, very true. And you can actually speak and hear their voice. So you know how receptive they are to your upcoming meeting, to your solution says a lot when you can actually hear them. Now, Junior, we saw all these examples of this personalization. Um, it's, you know, you put a lot of thought into the personalization you send with emails. Do you also conjoin that with calling with the personalization? 
Uh, you can. I'm not the best at it. When I cold call, I typically have like the one or two pains, right? That my buyer typically feels. And I'll start from there. Um, uh, I'm not the best, honestly. <laughs> I will I will get my dials done and that's what I will do. <laughs> All right. Uh, now, I wanted to cover a little bit more about this messaging because it's such a pivotal part of the prospecting journey, right? The messaging is what gets the person to respond to you or not. Now, I know you had one more example for here uh, for us, uh, Junior, about messaging. Um, can you break this down? Did this person come inbound or did you reach out to them? Yeah, this is this is all outbound. Um, one thing I really like here, right, is they're asking how I differentiate from a competitor, which is such a common question that salespeople get, right? We get that question all the time. So um, you just have to like A, B test the best response. What I would do, I would talk to marketing and say, hey, what's one like feature that we do better than anyone else? I would talk to, uh, I say, uh, so product, ask product, what feature do we better do better than anyone else? Ask marketing, right? How do you, how would you talk about this in a way that's different than our competitors? And then you come up with something because you're on the front line and then use those three to figure out over time, you know, which ones sit the best. So UI, UX, way easier to navigate, built with AEs in mind, affordable, and that LMAO, right? That's just like the humor aspect. Again, I'm laughing my ass off because I'm we're affordable. What do you want me to say? And then, of course, the do you think it's worth the chat? It's pretty, uh, it, it's a very simple way of asking. Right. Now, I love how you mentioned speaking to other teams within your organization. I think that's so so useful uh, to really understanding different point purposes and, and solutions for your own solution, right? <laughs> so yep. it's great to see. Now, I want to hear from our audience. Put a one in the chat if you guys actually speak to other teams within your organization. Put a two if you don't. It's okay. You know, are you reaching out to marketing? Are you definitely not doing that? And you're like, well, I'm the frontline center uh, seller. I got to take this all the way. So I'm seeing a lot of ones in here. Uh, Carrie says, I don't have any teams. Well, I, I hope you get more support, Carrie. <laughs> in any way possible, reach out to us if you need anything. Uh, so I'm seeing some twos here, but a lot of ones. So it looks like speaking with marketing is extremely important. Now, Kyle, uh, with cybersecurity, I feel like there's a lot of complexity that is involved. Do you have to speak with your programming team and your marketing team often? I probably speak with those teams a little too much. I have Slack <laughs> products, marketing, I, and this is another subject that, like, if you want to be successful in sales, like, you need to align the proper resources for calls, and you need to get answers when you need to get answers. Early in my career, I was like, no, I'm not going to approach that person. I don't want to be annoying. But now it's like. I'm sorry to my team members, like I will approach product, I will approach marketing, I will do what I need to do to make sure that I get the answers that I need and then the prospect is supported in the best way possible. So I am all about collaboration, maybe to the point where it's a little too much, but you know what, like it leads to success, I'm going to keep doing it. Great. Now, Junior, let's continue your example here um, because I think it's pivotal that you kind of led the conversation even further down. So uh, we started right here. Uh, one second. <laughs> Got it. a couple of these here. There we go. Uh, tell me more about this. Where did the conversation go from the last slide? 
Yep. One thing I loved about this, right, is I said affordable, last, laugh my ass off. Affordable came from me, right? Like that's me testing that in what or not webinars and demos and stuff. It just is a term that has like stuck so well. So this person says, what does affordable look like for a team of 10, right? It's like sales asking to define the word usage, which salespeople do all the time, which I love. It's so good. So then I just kind of mock, not really mock, but I'm kind of playing on the fact that he asked for a price over email. Again, I sell to salespeople. So I say sales leaders, you know, to their reps, they say never deliver price via email. And then sales leaders looking at tools via email, what's it cost? So it's like addressing the fact that he probably tells his team to never do this. And then he himself is just asking for the cost. And then I'm just going to drop something right in the realm that I know is like I had previously, he had previously mentioned going in course. I know for 10 users, this is definitely going to be closer in the realm of affordability. So AK, right? It's not gated. And I'm just asking to know like where I stand in terms of being affordable. That's great. And Kyle, in an industry where talking about price probably only happens in the demo, uh, what are you doing when someone asks you over email, what's the price? I call them immediately. Uh, is it, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... You really don't want to give price over email. It, it really, and here's the other thing. Like I always give a range on the first call because that is one of the most important things to the person's price. I'll always range it out on the first call. I, I really don't want to hold it back until the very end and say, oh, here you go. Here's your price. Because I know the whole time, like in their head, that's what they're thinking about. So I, I'll do it early. And then if they ask over email, I'll call them immediately and try to get them on the phone. And then if I can't get them live, I'll reply to the email and say, Hey, I would love to walk you through the quote real quick. Do you have five minutes? Let's hop on the phone. Okay. I like that real smooth. They'll see that you tried to call them. So it's actually an a important subject for you and you want to make sure that they get clarity on it. So that's, that's fantastic. Now, continuing this, this example here, Junior, where did the conversation go from here? Yep. Okay, let's see. So sales leaders stuck in the past. Don't judge all of us. Now we've broken, right? Like we've broken that barrier of being professional, being sticklers. And this is just a casual conversation. We're all about transparency. It grinds my gears when orgs don't provide transparency or a ballpark. So you're a step ahead of these other two that I know they don't. Uh, if we have a kick-ass May, we could revisit the conversation. Need to look at this right in the future. I'm like, okay, true. I'll leave the past in the past. Kick ass May. What does that move? What does that mean? And moving pieces grinds my gear. That's a killer for sure. Right. So now I'm like doing exactly what he did, where he was like, define affordability. I'm asking him to define what a kick ass May means because obviously that's what is going to spark the conversation. And then on top of that, I'm just going to ask if I can throw time for late May because that's when he said, right, if it's kick ass, then we're good. So let's just book time now. If it works, not. You know, if it works great, if not, then I'll just keep popping back up. That's my way of saying like, I'm going to be like really annoying and just keep pinging you <laughs> until, until we book. This is great. Um, now you mentioned a kick-ass May, you want him to define it. Now, I think this is an important skill that salespeople need, and that's reading in between the lines and trying to get more understanding of what the language is your prospect is using. How did you immediately understand that that's what you wanted him to define? Yeah, uh, that's that's, how, that's what he bases buying pickle off of. 
if we have a kick-ass May, then we could revisit the conversation. To me, now the only thing that matters is like what what's going on this May that like means you can buy pickle, right? Because this is a, a team of ten he mentioned. Um, what happens if they don't have a kick-ass May? So let's just like call that out and then book for time. My, I'm really hoping he's like, hey, let's do book for time, and then on that call I can say, hey, was was may kick ass and if so like why why did you need it to be what is going on that's so important um and that's a big piece of discovery fantastic all right and kyle have you ever encountered something like this where you had to read in between the lines of an email or understood that this is a pain point what he just mentioned i need to bring up in the conversation on email yeah i what i've learned is never assume anything you need to under because like my definition of something could be completely different than juniors and, and i've had this bite me in the butt many times where i assume so now like i go into every conversation really like what he did to find it hey like what does the kid guys may mean to you because to me that means one thing for him it might be hitting 300 i don't know so i would um make sure to define everything you need to understand seriously if you don't then You'll, you'll lose deals. I've had it happen to me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And it's a terrible feeling. Trust me. So very important, everyone. Make sure to define everything. Leave nothing to ambiguity. You want to be understanding. It's it's either black or it's white. You know, it's, it's crystal clear as day. That's the way you want it to be. Now, Junior, let's wrap up this example here. Uh, you mentioned that you guys were on good terms. So how did it end? Okay. So he says, works for me in terms of booking for May. And then he says, kick ass, hitting monthly targets, moving pieces, just launched a new product, making changes to sales process, planning ahead. These are all like really good nuggets for me to know. And when I met with him, because this already happened, that was the, f- these are the first things I talked about. Hey, what was the monthly targets? I mean, you hit them. So let's talk about it. And then also like new products. How are your reps talking about them? What is it going to look like in conversations? You're making changes to the sales process. What does that look like? How can pickle impact those areas? Right. A lot of, uh, it's just like when you kick off your meeting, you start here, you start where the email left off and then you go from there. This is great. Now we do have a little time here for Q and a, so I want to hop right into it here. Um, so let me go ahead and bring this up. So Carrie here asks, do you have any insights on how to find to, or how to find or connect with leads within a finance department at a company, i.e. CFO, controller, VP of finance, anything like that? Kyle, have you had any experience with something like this? Yeah. I mean, most organizations, if you check out like a zoom info, you can see hierarchy. And here's the other thing for all of my deals, like I make sure to try to loop in who has control over the purse early, right? Because at the end of the day, like if you don't loop in that person, then your deal can very quickly stagnate. So like, I'll be pretty direct early. Hey, like what does your procurement process look like from here? What does it look like to purchase new software from here? Better understand. And then I'll say, Hey, does it make sense to loop in that person? Because, you know, my experience, a CFO, they really want to see the value and how is this going to impact revenue and where's the real value in it? I'd love to have a conversation with them if at all possible. So I like, yeah, I mean, you need to loop in the finance people pretty early on because they control the purse. You need to understand the budget because you don't want to waste your time on something that doesn't have budget and they're not going to go forward with it. I've done it at Advanta, had four or five conversations with someone 
at the end they're like oh yeah we don't actually have budget sorry i should have qualified it better in the beginning you mentioned something very important there and that's identifying who holds the purse how do you know who that person is like how do you go about identifying them yeah so early in my career like you control budget but then like i'm like <laughs> that's, that's not the best approach I, I just ask him like hey what does it look like to move forward with vanta who can you know who controls that procurement process it's a five organization i'm talking to ceo probably won't ask that question but if it's a larger organization i want to understand the procurement process i'm going to ask them hey walk me through your procurement process in the past you know you purchase software what does that look like Okay, what does that look like with a tool like Vanta? Let's say everything aligns. You see the value. What does it look like to move forward with Vanta? Those are the kind of questions I'm going to ask to really better understand, like, is this deal really going to move forward or not? I need to ask those questions early on. Great question, man. I, I think everyone should take that away and and use it yourself. What does this look like if you're purchasing? You know, who is it that would make that decision? very very you want to be crystal clear about everything now junior i see someone here in the chat ask do you run an automated sequence and what language do you find works best with them yeah 60 40 60 manual 40 percent automated um and the language is it's literally just based on you know what's either worked in the past what's currently working or trying new things right and when i say like language i mean like messaging maybe spot demos means nothing to some people on this webinar whereas to like a very tight niche they know exactly what that means and that's language that like resonates really well with them right so it's that idea all right and then a new peer says i haven't been getting replies from prospects while my open rates are as high as 70 percent man we've all been here man i, <laughs> I feel for you a now kyle what advice would you give a I would say your subject line is probably pretty good. If you're open rate 70, 80%, I, I might need to talk to you after this about your subject lines. But like <laughs> when it comes to the material, what what exactly are you saying? One, like I keep it under 150 words. Most people answer and read their emails over phone. So if you send an essay, I'm imagining myself, <laughs> I'm not gonna read an essay. So like I would make sure it's it's brevity is king. I would then get to the point really quick. And don't just pitch features either, right? Like understand like what is the pain points that people experience that you're talking to, maybe reference that pain point and then have a really good call to action at the end. But I would really double check like how long are these emails, right? Because if you have a 70, 80% open rate and no one's replying, like that's the first thing I would check. Make sure it's brief, get to the point, reference a pain point fast and then have a good call to action at the end. Okay, fantastic. And last question, Harry here asks, what CTA has provided you the best return? Uh, Junior, what advice would you give Harry? Yes, there's one CTA that I've been loving recently. It is, can I send you a snapshot of that, like a screenshot of that? Or can I send you a, vid a quick video on that? Uh, that? It's not asking for a meeting. It's not asking for time. I'm just wanting to like send you the thing that I'm talking about. And then it should generate some interest. It starts a conversation. Um, I love it. I've been using it a lot. That is fantastic. I love that. It's almost like a, as if you're cold calling, you have a permission-based opener. <laughs> yeah. You, except you're doing it for email. It's like, hey, can I just do this real quick and yeah. provide you more? Who's going to say no to that? 
right? This is I'm great. Stealing it. Junior, I'm I'm a hundred percent stealing that. Thank you. You can't. It's mine. <laughs> Don't take it. Don't touch it. I mean, I, I'm thank you. Sorry. Well, I'd love to ask you guys, uh, Junior, where can the people find you? Yeah, uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. That's where I spend most of my time. Maybe I shouldn't have said that, but uh, find me there. <laughs> and Kyle, how about yourself? Where can the people find you? Uh, Reddit. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but really, though. <laughs> Yeah, but really, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, Kyle Adams. If you have any questions, you know, feel free to reach out to me after this. More than happy to help anybody. But yeah, find me on LinkedIn, Kyle Adams. Reddit as well, but. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, guys, for joining us in this conversation. You guys have been incredible guests. And thank you to our audience for really blowing up this chat. I love to see you guys here. And thank you for just engaging. This is great to see. And of course, we will see you all on the next one. See you later.